AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. What is your attitude about the future? In general, farmers are starting 2023 in strong financial condition and are cautiously looking forward to a profitable year. We'll get the details from the Ag Economy Barometer. And it's time for this week's Farmer Forum reaction to the State of the Union address and tackling the challenges of a new year. Live from the land of unfinished business via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. <laughs> this morning, we begin with Dr. Jim Mintert from Purdue University. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Bob Hemaseth and Bill Florian. Right after the news, Margie Echelkamp from The Scoop. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. Hemaseth, All right, Hemaseth. Davis. I feel like you say Hemaseth, and I'm stuck on Hemaseth. Hemaseth. No, it's, it's right? Hemaseth. Hemisath. Hemisath. Yeah. Hemisath. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a Decora okay. thing. Decora, Iowa thing. I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. Those Northeast <laughs> Iowa people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> um, we're we're going to be talking with a couple of guys today that are trying to finish the business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by that, what I mean is they are working hard to build markets. Uh, Bob works tirelessly for uh, the the corn growers. In trade development, he was in Washington just last week. We're going to get a report from him on what he is doing there. And Bill, just as tirelessly, works for the wheat uh, industry in making mm-hmm. sure that uh, demand continues to grow for, for U.S. wheat. And Great. he is going to be making some some uh, foreign visits here within the next couple of weeks or month. And we're going to find out where Bill is headed. Plus, we'll get their reaction to the State okay. of the Union address. We got we just got a lot going on, Davis. Lots to a go lot. over. Lots to cover. Yeah. 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 Did you watch the address last night? Um, you know what? I made it about 15 20 minutes in and then just a huh? a, a killer headache hit me and I I might have really? fallen asleep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I'm didn't watch guy, it at all. I was I'm I, the guy that watches every moment of it, and mm-hmm. I waited for Jim's summary this morning. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, with all the hollering and the shouting, and and I, I'm not opposed to that. I, express your feelings. I get it. Okay, uh, but there there were just so many things that ran counter to reality that uh, that I had to kind of back away from it or lose my mind uh huh. the the one okay. thing that he did say that i thought oh hmm, he said fossil fuels are going to be around for at least another decade okay well okay that like that. that uh that is at least a sign of understanding of the country's energy requirements so mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. we got a lot of ground to cover let's get started what do you got in the news well, Chip, USDA is expected to make only minor adjustments to its U.S. balance sheets in the supply and demand report at 11 a.m. Central Time today. Traders expect USDA to lower its Argentine corn and soybean crop forecasts with little changes, uh, little change anticipated 
for Brazilian projections. Yeah, I think those South American estimates are probably going to be the headliners. A year ago, we talked about it with Garrett Toy on Monday, um, that the, the changes that we got to the South American estimates in the February WASD a couple of years ago really had a big impact on the market. So we're going to be watching for that. Uh, there, there are some estimates out there that, just updated this morning out of Argentina that suggests the cut to the Argentine bean crop estimate could be significant. Mm -hmm. So we'll be waiting Mm -hmm. for that. Well, USDA's Economic Research Service released the February farm income forecast yesterday. Net farm income is forecast at $136.9 billion in calendar year 2023. That's a decrease of 15.9% relative to 2022. After adjusting for inflation, net farm income is forecast to decrease 18.2% in 2023. Despite the expected decline, net farm income in 23 would be 26.6% above its 20-year average, Jim. Yeah, there's the source of the cautious optimism going into 2023. Jim Minter is going to have some great perspective on this for us. Well, President Joe Biden's State of the Union address made clear he will run for re-election as the speech could have been titled, quote, let's finish the job, as he yep. repeated that refrain eight times. He also used the speech to press his economic priorities from bolstering American manufacturing to extending his climate efforts. Following Tuesday's State of the Union address, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack will visit North Carolina Wednesday and Thursday hosting a series of events underlining how the Biden-Harris administration is delivering on its promises to grow the economy from the bottom up and the middle out by investing in rural communities. Chip, this is interesting. Consumers continue to ask why the cost of eggs is so high. According to Forbes.com, the median cost of a dozen eggs in the United States remains over twice what it was a year ago. While increased inflation has contributed, the real reason egg costs remain high is avian influenza affecting as many as 58 million chickens. However, a nonprofit group called Farm Action says that after reviewing USDA data, they find that there has not been a significant drop in egg supplies. Farm Action's D. Leninga notes this. Uh Uh-oh. Can we quote him? Yeah, can we quote him, Davis? Because we're not picking that up. You're not. Oh, you're not picking that up. Oh, it's no. not coming through. No. Um, yeah, they're they're saying that according to their research, there are there are companies, egg producers, who have not reported a single loss from avian influenza, whose profits at the same time are up as though they had done well, a major cull. Yeah, of uh, course, yeah. Of, of course, because we're not measuring the output from one single company. We're measuring the output of the industry. And the mm-hmm. output of the industry declined sharply. It's going to mm-hmm. take about five months to get that production back. We're on the leading edge of getting that production back right now. And egg prices over the last six or seven weeks have basically mm-hmm. been cut in half. Yep. It's it's working. We're getting the production back. I keep seeing these, oh, it's got nothing to do with avian influenza. And I'm thinking to myself, who are these people? How could they say such a thing? It's got a lot to do with avian influenza, and it's got a lot to do with general inflation. But it, when you throw those two things together, mm-hmm. that's how you end up with 
five, six dollar a dozen eggs in the middle of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was that like just thirteen seconds of dead air just then when I was playing yeah. that clip? Well, I was, I was, I was kind of waiting to. I heard something. I thought you were there. reacting. Yeah. No. I thought yeah. this one might fire you up a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I won't play the audio associated with this one either, but okay. the 2023 Ag Appropriations Bill includes $1.7 billion for ag research for the National Institute of Food and Ag, chair of the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Ag, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin Democrat, says the research is broken down into a variety of areas. Now, this Ag Appropriations Bill was part of the bipartisan omnibus appropriations yeah. legislation for fiscal year 2023. And one more quickly, China's leader appears to be pivoting from his hardline approach to Taiwan, signaling China will roll back a ban on Taiwanese food imports and host one of its senior opposition figures. In Xi's report to the CCP, he said the development breaks, quote, the myth of modernization equals westernization. So hmm. if you were a opposition leader in Taiwan, would you willingly make the trip to Beijing? <laughs> I don't think I mean, so. If you not willingly going. make the trip to Beijing, do you get to make the trip back to Taipei? I don't know. Good question. Yeah. All right. We've got Jim Mintert up next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. So, Chip. So, Davis. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Um, we'll have Jim Minter here coming up. We, uh, so, you mentioned, you confessed rather boldly that uh, you didn't make it all the way through the speech last night. The yeah, I did. President's State of the Union address. I didn't even watch it. Okay. I didn't, I didn't put it on. Uh, what I... I've become obsessed with revitalizing the fertilizer numbers. And I, oh, went, back, okay. I went back and filled in some gaps of uh, fertilizer price data. I, I was working on spreadsheets this whole time. I had Band of Brothers on the TV to keep me company. I don't know if you've ever watched that. Band of Brothers? Yeah, not watch really. That. Not yeah. really? Oh, yeah. you got to see it. You, easy okay. company. They're marching through uh, Europe. Oh, okay. it's awesome. Awesome. Gripping. And, uh, but so, yeah, so I was connecting and filling in gaps with this. I now have it all set up. I'm going to start making charts today, um, starting in June, uh, of 2012 up through the present day, dude, 
it was like I I couldn't look away. It was like a roller coaster, and then all of a sudden, oh, they start to go up. They start to go up. Oh, there she goes. There she goes. Fascinating, fascinating yeah. data. And I know it's it's difficult for some people to sort of visualize getting excited over a spreadsheet, but bro, it it just made my night working on well, that yeah. stuff. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't look away. Well, and and here's I I'm a, I'm going to make an assumption on you. Yeah. Here, for for ten years. Eh, eight years after mm-hmm. you started really getting pulled into the fertilizer markets. Yeah. The trend on the charts was from the top left to the bottom right. Yes. The advice, the best advice that that we could give mm-hmm. was wait until tomorrow because the price is likely to be cheaper right. based on the trends that are in the market. Yep. Obviously, that has changed here in the last couple of years. It has. And it's it's not just it's not just a trend reversal. It is a period of volatility in the price of that input mm-hmm. that 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 uh, puts greater emphasis on on picking the right time because there are That's winners right. and losers now on the input side based on when you decide to pull the trigger and make those input purchases. That's so, right. Yep, That's right. Yep. So I want to get this this conversation started uh, about uh, the uh, Purdue University Ag Barometer. Hopefully, Jim will be along with us here pretty quick. Okay, but yeah. this the the CME Purdue University Ag Economy Barometer it was up again in January, uh, reading of yep. one hundred and thirty on the index. That's four points above the two thousand twenty two year ending value. Uh, 34% above the 22 low point, mm-hmm. 34% above the 22 low point, which occurred last summer in June. So it, it it's on the way up. It's been on the way up. It's continuing some of the upside momentum that was in place at the end of the year, and it's the future expectations of the index that are driving it. So it was up five yeah. points. The future expectations up five points to 127. The index of current conditions, uh, value of 136, it was little changed from what the CM, what what uh, Purdue found in uh, in December. So, you know, here's something interesting. Well, we reported on uh, let's see the USDA's ERS research, uh, expecting a decline of 15.9 percent in net yep. farm income. Now, when you look at um, farmers, the financial performance index dropped yep. from 109 in December to 93 this month. I just plugged that into a percent change calculator. That's a 14.68% decline. Right. Isn't that interesting? Almost well, the same. And it, it that's a legit comparison. That is a legit comparison because the January numbers, of course, are the first time that th- there were some some preliminary questions that were asked in December leading into this, mm-hmm. but the January numbers are the first time that they are asking to compare 2023 expectations to 2022 rather than 22 expectations yep. compared to 21. So this, that that's a legitimate comparison and it lines up pretty good, doesn't it? It, it really does. Yeah. With, yeah. Within a, a percentage point of, of each other between, right. USDA's number and farmers' expectations. Right now, the big reason, the big reason uh, that the the cautious attitude has come into 
the financial performance index is what you were talking about at the beginning and and taking a look at those input costs and exactly what they mean for margins at the end of the year because the the thing that drove it the most was the, the expectations that margins are going to tighten in 2023 because of higher costs to produce the crop. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. simple. Very simple. Um, well, and that, that leads me to a thought here that, you know, this just came to me. Dude, um, some of that, the fertilizer pricing data is not only valuable as, oh, is now a good time? Is it headed up? Is it headed lower? You can actually take a snapshot of today of your expected costs and figure sure. that in. If you if you put that up against expected revenue, now you've kind of got some variables at least locked in to help crystallize in your mind, hey, man, where am I going to be sitting? What do I need to prepare for? Whether or not you're deciding whether or not you should buy right now, you can at least get some sketches put in to your to your ledger. Right. Right, yeah, huh. that, that's huh. that's exactly right. So I'm obsessed with these numbers. I'm sorry. Go on. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm glad that you are. We need to get tuned back into it. There's right there's on. no question. Uh, in the in the open of the show, I said uh, farmers in general starting 2023 in generally good or strong financial condition. Mm-hmm. Now, part part of the evidence of that comes from. Uh, the question in the in the survey, which went out mid middle part of January, from Purdue out to and, and it was done by phone, uh, about four hundred respondents to this survey. So twenty two percent of the respondents in this month's survey said they expect to have a larger farm operating loan than yeah. in two thousand twenty two. Okay, that's they, just call it a quarter of the farmers see that, but only five percent said that that increase in the operating loan is because they are carrying over unpaid operating debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. The reason that I think that is important is because when they started asking this question back in 2021, it was 20% that were looking at more at a, at a bigger operating loan because they were carrying over debt. That was in 2021 fell to 13% in 2022, and now it's declining again to just 5% in 2023. So they, farmers in general have done a really nice job of managing that debt and managing the, the carryover. But, of course, the, the biggest reason that they are looking at that bigger operating loan is because of the higher input costs going into the year, which, mm-hmm. again, you, you've been talking about. Did you notice yeah. anything in the – in the barometer about land prices that you you think we need to pay attention to here. Well, let's uh, you know what I I want to I want to fustigate that line of thought there because I want to talk about that uh expectations of higher uh loan uh, operating loans. Okay. Needed. Okay. Because when you when you look down to the the reading of farm capital investment and we'll get to land um investment it actually rose for the second month yeah. in a row. So n- despite needing to take out bigger loans for operating, uh, it, it does seem like maybe they're becoming a little bit more willing anyway to yeah. uh, to shell out some dough for their operation. Right, right. And the rise in some of the machinery, new construction, the, the rise in the cost, I think, is settling in as – a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, 
because 39% said the, that, that they're not increasing uh, their investment is because prices were just too high for machinery and new construction. That mm-hmm. is down. That is down from 47% that pointed at that as a reason for holding off on investments back in November. So yeah. it, it's not like prices have backed off, but the resistance to those high prices may have backed off. Does that make sense? It does. Short-term okay. farmland value index declined again in January, uh, down 15% year on year. Um, you know, I had a conversation while you were away um, mm-hmm. talking about, well, have we have we topped here or are we headed for a fall? And the idea was, well, maybe, but the land market sort of plateaus here and there, and this may be uh, a plateau here in land values, and I think farmers are sensitive to that. Yeah, I, it, it uh, they're paying very, very close attention to it, but then – you know, when when you take a look at the at the rental rates and and, mm-hmm. and everything that's going on out there, yeah, that six hundred and twenty bucks an acre, oh, really caught everybody's attention, Dude, didn't it? That's yeah. crazy. I don't know well, how you pencil that out. I don't know uh, how you pencil it out. You if inputs it, were free, you'd be fine. Or you spread it out against ground that you've already owned. Yeah, and this fits so well that you can't let the opportunity get away from you. Yeah. That's okay. Well said. Yep, agreed. Um, there's there's lots of different ways of looking at it. Okay, we got the Farmer Forum coming up next here on AgriTalk. Bill from Idaho, Bob from Iowa. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, we're getting ready for the report. Got some position evening going on? Absolutely. That's about all that's going on, Chip. Uh, You know, just a little bit of uh, light buyer interest in uh, corn, beans, uh, soy meal, and and, uh, SRW wheat futures, uh, kind of a mixed tone in HRW futures, and and, uh, weaker price action in soy oil. So some spreading action in the uh, soy product markets again, but uh, really just kind of biding time here until we get to the uh, reports at the top of the hour. Okay. South American estimates, uh, is that where you're going to be looking first? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, not so much Brazil. We know that Brazil is going to grow a record uh, corn and soybean crop this year. And uh, so I I think that that's pretty well cemented in in terms of uh, where the the trade expects those numbers to fall. Uh, The Argentine numbers, uh, way more fluid, obviously, with the drought situation there. Uh, Private estimates continue to to cut uh, um, forecasts. And and, uh, so we'll see what USDA does. In all likelihood, USDA is going to remain above the, the private crop forecasters. 
years. Yeah. Did I see a an Argentine bean crop estimate like in the mid 30s out yeah. this morning? Yeah. There's a couple of them out there, and okay. uh, so you know we'll see. I mean that's kind of been uh, one of those uh, targets that's been hanging around in the marketplace for a while now. We just starting to see some of those private forecasters get down there. Gotcha. All right. Uh, take us over to livestock trade real quick. Okay, the uh, cattle market, uh, waiting on cash cow trade to develop. We didn't have a very good close yesterday. Key bearish reversal in April live cattle futures, but uh, bouncing back this morning. So uh, indications are that uh, the cash trade will be firmer again. Um, Hog futures uh, trading to the upside. Cash index is starting to firm up here. Excellent. Thank you, Brian. That's Performer Editor Brian Gray. Hey. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Chip, do you want to sing this one? No. Huh? No. AgriTalk for the ladies now. (laughs) Welcome back. Glad that you're with us. Uh, it is time to get this week's Farmer Forum started. We've got Bill Flory from Idaho. Bill, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Chip. Very good. Good, good, good. How's things out in Idaho this morning? Very good, very good. We're getting some moisture. Uh, life is good. Spring's a day closer. Yep, yep. What is your moisture situation out there? What is, uh, That's got to have an impact on your optimism going into the new year? Sure, here in the Northwest, uh, Chip, as you well know, there's a, a lot of lot of uh, winter wheat uh, uh, grown, and uh, there is, uh, there's variability in the uh, fall and winter moisture so far. There's some drought in, uh, in uh, Central Oregon and on up into uh, Washington yet, uh, but uh, we're not sitting sitting too bad february is usually a good uh good month for uh moisture so we're uh fall wheat was off to a good start last fall so we're optimistic yeah. okay good tell me about that winter wheat crop that you grow up there what makes it different well in the inland northwest so washington oregon and idaho it's uh it's soft white which predominantly a winter winter wheat uh Idaho's yield on uh, all wheats uh, near a hundred bushels per acre average. That includes some irrigated, but uh, it's a high yielding wheat and uh, very high quality. That uh, chip is used in uh, used in uh, uh, breads in Japan, sponge cake, and also is used in a number of blends, which. Uh, the Wheat Marketing Center in Portland constantly is having teams in from around the world to find blends that provide more consistency, and the white wheat uh, fits that very well. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, our favorite choice of, of breads here at the Flory Ranch, as opposed to your Flory Ranch, has become white wheat. Uh, it, it's uh, it, It's a bread that I think is gaining in popularity because there's a lot of times when I go to, to my favorite spot to pick it up, they don't even have it anymore, Bill. Yeah, you are exactly right. And you know what's happening in in Asia, and I'll be in Asia here shortly uh, with our customers from Japan, uh, Philippines, and uh, South Korea. 
what's happening is uh, the frozen bread market is really expanding. And uh, that requires a, a hard red spring usually to keep the ice crystals out of the uh, yeah out, out, out of the out of the product, uh, so it doesn't uh, so it raises correctly when it's uh, when it's when it's unthawed. But uh, you know, uh, noodles and uh, frozen bread is uh, really expanding in those. Uh, in the Asian markets. So it's uh, okay. it's been a great market and continues to expand for us. Outstanding. Okay, well, we're going to dig more into your trip coming up here in just a little bit. Bob Hemisath from Northeast Iowa joins us as well. Bob, how are you? Good, Chip. Glad Good. to be on. Thanks for the invite. Good. Invest. We've had a nice few days in a row here getting a little bit of melting done. We are. We are. It makes you think of spring. <laughs> and tomorrow we'll get the snow and we'll go back to winter. So Yeah, yeah, doggone it. I wish uh I wish we uh, didn't have to. Yeah, it starts tonight. Yeah, we're we're supposed to wake up yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. some snow in the morning. So um so what have you been up to? Uh just uh just uh same old, same old, uh <laughs> just taking care of the pigs and yeah. getting ready for spring and uh going to corn grower meetings. Yeah. Yep. Kind of. Uh, let, uh, I was going to say, let's start there because uh, you, I think it was just last week, you were out in Washington, D.C. doing some education again and, and um, um, you know, picking up what you can from D.C. What what was that trip about? So we had, uh, I'm a member of the uh, Farmer for Farmers for Free Trade um, Board. Mm-hmm representing the National Corn Growers Association. And uh, we had a uh, Farmers for Free Trade had a fly-in last week uh, to meet with the legislators, and uh, we actually had a meeting with Undersecretary Alexis Taylor at USDA as well. So um, our goal was to uh, to just to uh, start the, you know, new Congress, start the process over again of um, uh, informing and showing them how valuable trade is and uh that we need to start uh getting some new trade deals uh start going after some new trade deals um we're falling behind uh compared to our competitors and we need access to those markets and and the the thing that we we stressed was how important um whether it's ag trade or any trade is to the economy of the united states and and that ability to help us be a um those free trade agreements uh create relationships and those relationships are useful when we get in times of conflict or strife. And, uh, um, I think there's, I think we've lost touch a little bit on how important those relationships can be. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, what did you think of undersecretary Taylor? Uh, I've known, I've known, I've known her for years. Um, okay. She's, uh, she's getting her, she, she's getting, she's getting her feet. Uh, she's getting her feet under her. She's, uh, okay. um, she, uh, we had a good meeting with her. Uh, farmers for free trade covers anything from almonds to milk to wheat, to corn, whiskey, and I miss it. And, uh, livestock industry, just, there's a bunch of things. Um, so we had a really good discussion about how important, uh, market access is to us and and having those markets available to us and uh, uh she had a a lot of good uh uh had a lot of good interaction with her in that regard and uh, hopefully now that uh that uh 
USDA and the and the ag negotiator are in place. Um, USDA undersecretary for trade there and uh, trade negotiator in place for ag. I'm hoping that we'll start to see them yeah. uh, move move into a more uh, go from neutral into forward and start there. Uh, yeah, working on opening some markets. So, yep, you know, excellent, excellent, yeah. Bill. So, Bill, that's something that you've been working on for quite some time, too. And Bob's exactly right. Once you get those trade agreements in place, the relationship goes into a uh, – a rela- instead of starting a relationship, you're building a relationship after you've got those trade agreements in place, right? Well, you're exactly – Bob, you're exactly correct. I, Chip, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and uh, uh, market access program funding for market development – Funding uh, are are uh, tantamount to uh, to uh, an industry success, whether you're part of the country or your particular uh, area exports or not. It's all it's all related, and that's uh, that's what uh, we'll be doing uh, yeah. in, in Asia. So yeah, relationships uh, teams here that we have and that we host on the farm. And uh, and that uh, customers over there, the interchange now that COVID's beside us or behind us, I guess, is uh, is extremely important. And uh, we'll fill, uh, we'll probably talk to fifteen hundred people to two thousand people in a in a short wow. time in Asia, talking about the quality of the crop and where we're at and and uh, what the new crop looks like. So, Bill, very when, important. When- when you get customers from Asia over onto your farm to take a look at what's going on there, what what are their comments? What are, what's their reactions? Well, uh, we, we I, I show them what uh, what's called a cropping system uh, tour, where we 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 look at soil health and, and uh, yeah. uh, water percolation. We show them the direct seed, the the heavy harrow, the the uh, the uh, no-till drill and uh, show them what we do it why we do it and then we put them on those pieces of equipment and and the fully automated sprayer all with gps and all section controlled and precision uh technology and let them let them drive it and see it uh talking about it's one thing having them see it in the field stand and watch it and then operate it (laughs) is is a wild success for for millers and bakers from all over the world we do it repeatedly on my farm, and uh, I've got a number of friends in Asia and North Africa that uh, that have been here, and uh, it's uh, it's a wildly successful strategy. Yeah, Bob, it's that kind of detail that matters to those that we're building relationships with, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. I've been I've been on trade missions, had trade missions come to my farm, and and that uh, that interaction. Uh, between uh, even farmer to farmer or farmer to purchaser uh, they want to know who they're buying from they want to and they want a relationship with them and 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 those aren't uh, that's why trade missions are are so critical and that was one of the things that uh, I know uh, uh, undersecretary Taylor talked about as well um, doing more of that and we've we've in Iowa our department of agriculture and our, and our commodity groups do a wonderful job of, of promoting and bringing trade teams in and sending trade teams over. But we just need to do more of that as an industry and, and, and show, show our legislators and our 
yeah. uh, regulators how important this is. Yep, yep. Heck of an education effort going on right now, isn't there, Bob? There's a lot of new faces since the last farm bill. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of uh, yes. There's a lot of a uh, lot of meeting with offices and starting with the basics and working your way up. So there's yep. a um, there's a definitely a lot of that going on and needs to happen. Yep. Okay, we're going to continue that part of the conversation. Plus, we're going to get a little bit more specific to Bob's operation, Bill's operation. What are the challenges for the year ahead? What are the opportunities? What's happening locally? that you think everybody should know about, guys. We've got the Farmer Forum going. Bill Flory from Idaho, Bob Hemesath from Iowa. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineRepeat.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us for the Farmer Forum here on AgriTalk. Bill Flory from Idaho. Bob Hemeseth from Iowa. Uh, Bill, you know what? We haven't talked at all about the State of the Union address, President Biden's address last night. What would you make of it? Well, it uh, it uh, covered a range of subjects, and certainly uh, there's a conflict of philosophy between between the two sides. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, conflicts I see coming and was not in, was not addressed last night is uh, we got an upcoming farm bill, and uh, there's yeah. a number of people want to in Congress want to uh, separate the food stamp, school lunch, nutrition programs from the farm bill and that would uh, that would that would be a be a mistake uh, they go hand in hand they're very directly related have been and politically uh it's good for it's good for the nutrition side as well as the production side to be coupled together um in the discussion uh and there's a budget philosophy the deficit uh difference uh in congress yeah. and and within the you know, the administration. So it's a number of things you have to be ironed out, most of which were not addressed last night. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of work in the issues that need to be finished uh, that, that weren't yes. mentioned is, is what it looks like. Bob, same to you. What what was your take on the address last night? So I was, uh, was thinking this morning and it, and it hit me after I, I heard it last night. Um, uh, President Biden was, uh, talking about the oil industry and uh, yeah, and uh, how they haven't built re- any refineries, 
and I and I thought to myself, no, they haven't. They haven't built any refineries in a long time. But American Ag has. We built ethanol. We built ethanol plants with our own investments and and our own dollars and created a created a market uh, and an opportunity. And and all I could think about is uh, why are we not utilizing if if the climate change is the existential threat that he said it was mm-hmm. why are we not uh approving e15 year round permanent fix yep. why are we not passing the next gen fuels act so that we can get more more uh low carbon fuel in the fuel supply yep. and, and i just i i've just been thinking we we seem to be picking winners and losers when we need to be using uh an all uh, all the above approach yeah. So I was a little frustrated in that. And I think that's where we have to keep pushing is that, you know, there's we have a fuel that's here now that can lower yeah. carbon emissions. But yep. there are answers in front of them, those that are looking to reduce carbon. There are answers in front of them that they refuse to see is is the only way to sum it, it up, isn't it? <laughs> it, sure, it sure seems that way. That that That, that was the. You know, we we jumped from he jumped from that till within ten years we won't need oil, yeah. and I'm like, and I know yeah. that he went off script probably on there because I, yeah. I we all know that it's not going to happen that quickly, um, yeah. if it ever happens at all. But right. the, 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 to me, the, the frustration lies in, in is exactly what you said. Why are we not using the tools available yeah. to us right now? It'll yep. it'll. It, I mean, he he spent a lot of time talking about the American people and inflation and and food costs. This is one way to help them, right yep. now. That's right. So, I'm with yeah. you. So that I'm was with my you. takeaway. Spe- I guess. Hey, speaking of carbon, uh, Bob, the the egg yep. economy barometer asked the question: How many of you are involved in a carbon sequestration contract? Uh, the answer was only one percent of the, of the survey respondents are involved in in a carbon now like nine percent have looked into it where are you in that really? camp have, have you even looked into it i've i've had i've had just uh i don't even know say i don't even know if i can say i looked into it but i've had some conversations at a higher level with some some people that are involved with it let's put it okay. that way yep. just just under just trying to get an understanding you know yep. so bill what about you i'm surprised that it's yeah Bill, what about you? Have you looked into well, it? Absolutely, have. And that that goes back, Chip, uh, uh, my time in D.C. in in the early two thousands when there was there was international interest, uh, Canada and other places to to set up uh, carbon carbon contracts with with producers to be able to offset others who were who were who needed those contracts according to the criteria. And uh, it, it's been a dynamic, and it continues continues to be from from a carbon point of view on uh, Flory Farms. Uh, we are uh, highly efficient tier four, uh, continuing to watch our carbon footprint. But it's mainly driven chip by economics. But the environment is the winner because because of our our. Uh, fertilizer application because of our efficiencies because of our shipping efficiencies using the columbia river system and barges so we are sensitive to carbon footprint driven by economics and it's uh, something we think about every day and that our partners 
are making sure okay. that we are as efficient as we can be. Okay. How important is it to the Asian customers that, that see what you're doing? Well, the Asian customers, Marvel, uh, had lots of teams here in Lewiston at the end of the Columbia River system with uh, the barging system 350 miles from Portland, 400 miles from the ocean. The efficiency, uh, uh, six times less uh, fuel for uh, to move uh, grain to uh, Portland as opposed to rail and over 12 yeah. times uh, less fuel in, in trucks. So they are they appreciate the efficiency and the consistency that barging uh, provides provides the market and their access to uh, to our high quality uh, wheat. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bob, it's a story that we just got to continue to tell, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. We're we're continuing to lower our carbon emissions all the time, and that's a that's a market that's, as Bill said, it's uh, it's good for us and it's good for our customers. Yep, absolutely. You guys are great. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I feel like we could have had a conversation for the next hour as well here. Bob, thanks, man. We'll see you soon. You bet. Thanks, Chip. All right, Bill. Hope to see you soon. Yep. Good Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. That's Bill Flory out in Idaho. Bob Hemesath here in northeast Iowa. Thank you so much for listening this morning. you got to come back this afternoon. We'll have the details of the USDA report. Matt Campbell from Stonex Group will help me break it down.